0: Well, what a difference a couple weeks makes. Hey folks, it's me, Ben Blacker, the creator and host of the Writers Panel. Um, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Thanks for sticking with us uh, through a couple of downer intros the past couple weeks. Um, when I announced that the show was going completely independent, um, I recorded that intro. And then like two days later, I saw how great that was. Um, like the possibilities of doing this on my own became really exciting. And um, so now that's what I'm doing. That does mean I need more direct support than ever before, Um, because there's no network, because it's just me doing this stuff. uh, And and occasionally I I get to hire my friend Jordan as our engineer to make it sound great. Um, I do need support, but that support goes directly into the podcast. So if you want to help out, please go to benblacker.substack.com and just become a paid subscriber. Um, that, that'll do it. I'm not, I'm not going to do like a Kickstarter. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. If you support the Substack, then that will support the podcast. Um, plus you'll get all kinds of cool stuff. Like we do these monthly Q and A's, live zoom Q and A's with pro writers, folks, you know, from the podcast, uh, in April, it's, it's a double header. It's two, two great writers, two good friends of mine, uh, Javier Griot Markswatch, who you know, has a ton of incredible advice and, He's worked on shows from Charmed and Lost and Medium. He created The Middleman. He created the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance show. Most recently, he worked on Cowboy Bebop and From and Raising Dion. He's always doing cool stuff. Joining Javi on that Q&A will be Jose Molina, his Children of Tendu podcast partner, uh, who also has an incredible career. He started out on Dark Angel and Firefly. Uh, Law and Order Special Victims (laughs) Unit in Castle. Uh, Most recently, he was on Blood and Treasure and Legacies, La Brea. He's working on the Magic the Gathering show right now, like a ton of cool stuff uh, that Jose and Javi both have done. They're both going to join us to do like a special private Children of Tendu crossover with the writers panel where you ask the questions on the Zoom. They'll answer the questions. It's going to go real long, I bet. Uh, But it's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be in April. And then our May guest is really cool. I'm excited to announce that soon. And I will announce both of those on the Substack. Go to benblacker.substack.com. Only paid subscribers get to attend and ask questions and hang out with these pro writers. And they've been great. They've been really fun. If you are a paid subscriber, you can also listen to all the past ones with Matt Nix most recently, Sarah Gamble. Um, Jane Espenson, like the list has been bananas. Akela Cooper. It's, it's so great. And there's amazing stuff that comes out of every single one of these zoom Q and A's. So I hope you'll become a subscriber and join us for those. We're also doing occasional meetups here in LA of paid subscribers. We just did the first one, uh, last month and it was really fun. It's such a nice group of people. We had about 20 folks come out, um, all paid subscribers to the podcast, all, um, Emerging writers, some of whom already are working in the business, um, but all pre-WGA or early WGA, and it was just like trading stories and talking shop, and it was a blast. Um, so we're going to do another one of those over the summer, again only for paid subscribers. Uh, and I hope I hope to see you at these. You know, we're forming a nice little community over on the newsletter, which is called Rewriting, which I think is good. Um, so anyway, please support the podcast. Please support the newsletter by becoming a paid subscriber over at benblacker.substack.com. I'm still on Twitter. You can follow me at Ben Blacker. Tell me who you want to see on these podcasts. We've got a incredible lineup for the next couple months. Um, I'm doing mostly one-on-ones because they're the easiest things for me to edit and I'm not <laughs> very good at editing. Um, but those one, these one-on-ones are incredible i'm i'm having a blast doing them we're really getting to dig deep on so much stuff Uh, and there are some awesome ones coming up including and maybe this is one of them including the creator of andor um tony gilroy um so many great folks uh sharon horgan coming up the showrunners of the showrunner of perry mason um yeah it's it's kind of We're in a golden age here of the Writer's Panel podcast, uh, which I didn't expect just a month ago. So thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for listening and enjoy this episode. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight, 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 or whenever the time is right. It's the Writer's Panel with Ben Blacker. And it's starting now.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: All right, this is how a podcast starts. This is how we do it. Uh, What I'm going to do first is ask you to introduce yourselves on the microphone so the listener knows what you sound like and um, tell us who you are and why you are here. Uh, And Amit, let's start with you, please.
1: Hi, um, my name's uh, Amit Bala and uh, I am with my partner, Lucas Chanson here, uh, one of the two creators of the show, Hello Tomorrow.
2: This is Lucas Jensen. This is what my voice sounds like. And thanks so much for having us, Ben, on what you you guys may or may not be able to tell is our maiden podcast voyage <laughs> as, a, as a writing team. It's it's something to get a first show on the air, but it's, it's a yeah. whole other level. Yeah. Uh, well, of, this is the big time of terror to uh, encounter a podcast for the first time. So
0: this is why you create a show, right? Is to get on a podcast, right? To
1: be, eventually get on a podcast, yeah. and,
2: but and then, and then
1: podcast.
2: yes. And then um, to adapt that podcast into a show because oh, that's that, that's where it's it's the IP, baby. Yeah.
0: Uh, speaking of, uh, you guys have done what is perhaps the nigh impossible these days, which is to get a show on the air that is not based on IP. How do you even, like, where did this come from? How do you even pitch this show in a way that buyers can understand? This,
1: um, we are very, very lucky. And one of our our mentors, maybe we'll talk about it later, you know, he used to say sometimes there's rare uh, coincidences between art and commerce that allow for... Really, uh, big swings to be taken, but yes, the environment is very hostile to original ideas. I don't know what other way to put it. I mean, to add to the compl- complications, of course, uh, Lucas and I, uh, you know, are nobodies. Uh, you know, we 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 come with no added market value. We we have no social media following to speak of, or Um, or, or, you know, and, 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 uh, Billy, you know, was attached much later, um, which obviously, you know, Billy's great, but to, to be kind of climbing it uh, up the mountain with no kind of big producer or big, um, star, uh, and no, uh, video game that it was based on or successful movie. It was, it was, it was adapting was a great challenge, um. What would and know, it's you know it, it do you think?
2: yeah yeah it just just uh, a combination of 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 luck and faith on the part of Apple and MRC and 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 sheer relent- I mean just stupid will we yeah, there, I yeah, think there's, there, but the that, the fact the that it's an original idea has some other implications like I don't know if we ever could have. If we would be in the position of making a show, if it hadn't been an, uh, an original idea that was a, that was a big old swing that was uniquely ours, because who's who wants a show from us outside of that? You know, we're, we're, uh, it, and given where we were at in our careers, which was like having been well trained and never worked, uh, which is which to be brutally honest, like nobody needs that to to adapt you know, the latest 40,000 books that are being adapted uh, next week. We'll, we'll, uh, but and then also, yeah. there should be something there's something to be okay. said for, 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 for just God damn it! there should be more original material being made um, yeah. across all of the media. And, and it's, and it's, it's, it's sort of like, we forget that just the basic cynicism that is in place that needs to be railed against and critiqued that that prefers people not to think anymore and prefers audiences not to have to encounter the radically new, uh, that sucks. That sucks for everybody involved. And I'm not saying our show is the redemptive thing, but, but it's, it's, it's really nice that something can get out there that occasionally scrambles the, the the, the, scrambles, the categories. And, um, you know, we're not the first time Apple's done it, which is, mm-hmm. which is a testament to them. And, uh, and I think, that, uh, and it, I hope that it's, uh, that it's contagious. Um, it's, it, it might be less contagious now that the, the bubble is beginning to deflate a little bit, but maybe there was a nice coincidence of, uh, of, of, of delusional optimism, uh, which has something to do with our show that, that got us in the, in the spot that it did.
0: Well, let's, let's part of the buyers
2: too. Yeah, yeah let's, let's
0: back up even before that, and we'll we'll talk about you know how you know where you had been before uh, selling the show. But but I want to zero in on that, the idea of the show, and then like how do you get MRC on board, and then how do you yeah. how do you even present this thing? Did you guess, write it first? Did you pitch it? What did it look like? Hmm.
1: The, the, the raw specifics, you know, the deep deep specifics. We were pitching a show with a buddy of ours named Brian Khalil, who's a producer. And that show went nowhere, and 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 maybe couldn't have. Um, but he was like, you know, I, I, you know, I'd like to talk to you about. I'm gonna send you these videos of these salesmen in the 1950s. You know, um, and there were sales training videos that are incredible, full of optimism and delusion and heartbreak. I don't think it's like a kid trying to become a Ford salesman in the 40s. And we were like, uh and Ryan, you know, had been in the retro futurism, and we kind of spent time of the themes, and Ryan definitely wanted to make a short film that might be used to help make the thing. And it was a place for us to get a little bit of story out, but where we built the world. Now, we made, made that short. That short never was used in the pitch, or the, maybe the trailer was used in the pitch or yeah. something. I forget, Lucas. But yeah, we uh, cut it.
2: We cut it down to just be like a visual proof of concept, basically. Yeah, which
1: is, Uh, I think, you know, if, if people are looking for, or you know, the under the subtext here is advice. It's like, you know, sometimes less is is more out there. For for you know, I would I think one thing that we were did well, Lucas, along this path was focus on the next indicated thing. So. We read the short, and then and then we had the pitch, and we worried about the pitch, I and mean, we we pitched uh, MRC um, through, you know, a meeting with Ryan or our agents, whatever. Um, the folks at MRC liked it; they thought that this was right up Apple's territory. Did you
0: wait? But before you go on, let me interrupt for one second. Yeah, please, uh, please in that round of pitching when you pitch MRC, did you pitch it around to other companies and and what did those meetings look like and like what kind of reactions were you getting to those?
2: I don't know we're we're used to stunned silence yeah you we find that you just walk into a room and you say the weirdest thing you can and either you're quickly shown the door or if you're not you you might make a deep friend in a deeper way than you expected um, We've never really been we've never found the the ability to uh, occupy a safe middle ground, if that makes any sense. So we just, you just kick down the door and you say, yeah, there's there's hover cars and the guy is selling uh, timeshares on the moon that don't exist, and <laughs> and it's it's plain as day to us and it remains that way and uh, like like that. <laughs> Yeah, you're so, either on
0: board or or you're not when you hear yeah. the concept, and I imagine when you yes. see the visuals too, which must have gone a long way to presenting like the feel of this thing. Like the tone is really important to
1: it. Absolutely, I think I think people got that. I mean, we thought about uh, I don't know. People would often say to us, "Who's gonna buy?" You you know why why do these people believe that they could go to the moon? Or who's gonna buy a, a house on the moon? And we'd say you know like, you're buying one like that <laughs> you know. Um, and I think there's some like deep thing to that that was we were aware of what we were doing. We were interested in taking the biggest swing we could we could fathom. And you know this has all of that with a very complicated um, main character that is actually basically inaccessible during the pilot, right? You know, like you, you don't act, you are fully alienated from him in the at, at the end of the pilot in a way that that makes you question everything you just saw, and that's a very destabilizing place to start an audience. And Unless you're going to keep pulling things, but but um, I, I, I do think that, you know, it, it, back to the, the big swing, that that, mm-hmm. that got people excited. And I think we also were in a situation where we knew, and I think this is good for anybody writing something out there, like, it's got to be something really, you know, we knew it had to be different. We knew it had to jump off the page a little bit. You know, we we started the script with a six page scene. You know, with Jack selling Sal, and um, either you were into that or you weren't into that. But it was a very quick way to determine. Um, you know, people could could tell very quickly. Obviously, when we were pitching MRC, we didn't have a, a script uh, yet. So um, when we were pitching that kind of round of let's call them you know, small studios or bigger producers, anybody that can, you know, give you weight and attach yourself before you can go to the, you know, which is how we've been told it has to be done. And we've only done it once. So we don't actually have it. But that does seem,
0: yeah, that does seem to be the case these days is like you want to have these attachments. You want to have someone, like you say, who has some weight, especially when, you know, you're more of an unknown quantity. I mean, I'm sure you guys have been around for at least a decade getting stuff off, trying to get stuff off the ground, working on shows, doing other things, but yeah, like it's hard to get people to trust you, so you want to bring in this entity that they
1: can trust. Exactly, (laughs) and then at the end of the day, you know, obviously as you're working through those 10 years of pain, um, there's a lot of resentment that builds up. But you're asking for a lot of money. You're asking for, uh, you know, I often think about that when I, when, having been in it now and, you know, there's people that are like, oh, you could just make it quick and fast or do it like this. Or if I made it, you know, it's like, that's not the way it works. That's not the way the sausage is made. The sausage is very, very expensive. And um, it. Uh, you know, require you. It's all I mean to say. You know, it makes sense that they need to trust you, and that you need to spend time to build trust, and that it might take two or three years of development of scripts and reaction. You know, to to get to a point where they're willing to take that next step.
2: and also crazy how much trust is established in one forty-five minute meeting in this business. <laughs>
1: insane
2: i mean if there's one thing we learned making the show or one of many one of a billion things we learned making yeah. the show is that anyone who is any degree of charlatan can look trustworthy for about 45 minutes on a
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and people are welcome to, to to apply that category to us as they see fit but uh, you know all you have going in at that point are the potency of your own delusions and the ambition that comes from never actually having to have done it, which, which hopefully is, is a slightly enticing quantity and quality. Um, Because, you know, we, uh, you haven't quite learned to compromise yet and interesting things are, are are possible there as, you know, as it also is riskier.
0: But you're, I mean, it, it sort of comes back to what you were saying about the taking the big swing and, you know, pitching in those first five, 10 minutes of that meeting, like, you know, if someone's going to get on board with this weird idea, right? And and it feels like that's a great reason to bring someone a weird idea. Is mm. <laughs> like, if they're in, they're in, they're committed to this thing.
2: I yes, mean, and awesome. look, look, but that's, that was also true through all of production. You know, the, mm. that was true down to, ev- from the top to the bottom of the call sheet when you're making it too, is that, when when you open your imagination and your heart to things that it's that, that are uncomfortable or new, and you enter into them with in the full spirit of trying to inhabit a new realm of being, there that's that's an amazing commitment. And when you're doing it together, when you're sharing that, that's a kind of collective faith that is so potent. And and I, I think we there was the shooting of the thing. You know, as difficult as shooting of a TV show turns out to be. For whatever number of reasons, was also deeply joyous, and I think deeply joyous across the board. I, I'm going to be bold enough to speak for a lot for the cast and crew, but but you know we heard a lot, and and I think that comes from the thrill of 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 collective big large scale imagination, which is kind of like why we all um, ran away and joined the circus in this business in the voice place. So, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, you're you're not wrong. Um, I before before we get too far away from the. From the topic, I want to mm-hmm. just put a cap on it by asking, like, so so, MRC got on on board, um, and then how long was that development process before you took it to Apple?
1: It was very short for okay. MRC because we had already developed a lot of the show, and obviously, to MRC, they're saying, "Well, our opinion only matters so much." They had they had a couple, you know, they, they, we we I, I forget, I'll see how much. It changed in there, but not that much before it went. When because obviously MRC worried more about what Apple thinks mm-hmm. than they're worried about what their own. They're they're just trying to guess what Apple's yeah. gonna want to buy because that's kind of again that's the next indicated move. Let's just get it to the pilot. You know they they don't care what great ideas we have for season five. You know, Um and, so. And,
0: was was the pitch to Apple then very similar to the pitch that you made on those round, those first rounds uh, to production yeah. companies and studios? Yes. Uh, and what do you think that, why do you think Apple was interested in Hello Tomorrow? What was it about like the people hearing it or the people giving this pitch that they <laughs> responded to?
2: I think that I think in all fairness, a big part of it was there were strong relationships between uh, between the people we were working with at MRC and and the buyers at that time at Apple, which um, not all of those people are in place anymore, but it, it got it through the door. And that's mm-hmm. a big deal. And it's something big which, deal. A, a, and so it was enough to say, okay, let's take a swing and see a script at that point. And I also, you know, I, I think to much to Apple's credit, I think they've had an appetite for for the unconventional and for ideas that require some, you know, where there's a, a little bit of an imaginative barrier to entry, uh, you know, uh, um, they they've done some challenging things and more challenging things than we did for them and, and good on them. But it also was maybe the time, I mean, you know, I don't think anybody expected this outcome. I'll just have to put it like that. When at that pitch with Apple, I don't think any. I think I think it was like, uh, well, we're all pals here. You know, we'll, we'll do a deal. We'll 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 play out the string. But nobody's no nobody's nobody's thinking two years down the road and and this kind you of. You have
1: thing. to remember that, like, you know, making a scale deal with two writers like us is like. You know they're 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 like negotiating for the rights for FIFA, also. You know what I mean? Like they're and they're like Steven Spielberg was their last. You know, and, and not only is are they you know those are those are much shinier and more worthy objects at some level, but also of the, you know uh, making the shows quite expensive for them. Writing just that pilot obviously was the a, a, a massive and, and and incredible break for us. To get that but um to them it 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 it's not you know it's they're taking hundreds of swings um yeah and I, then I, and then we wrote it and we really if I remember correctly just well they, they one thing was that we had had pitched it early early as an hour and then it, you know, it found its way to the half hour territory for a variety of reasons. And that then we, did, we did kind of get to, you know, we, we kind of reconceived of what we thought the pilot might be and were able to take parts of it and not take other parts of it. But um, then we got to writing and it was, that was like the best time ever. I mean, there was, the making it was the best time ever, but there was a period where we were like being paid to write an original series that we really loved and that we felt was quite um unique and, and beautiful and, and and um complicated and then that took about whatever you know I don't know our deal took I remember it took like some obscene amount of time before we could even start writing it and you know we never done it so we were like Oh, man, this is how this works. I thought you guys said you wanted to make it. You know, but, you know that's how that works. Uh, anyway, so we wrote, we handed a script about about six months later. Okay, um,
0: yeah. let's let's talk about how you guys work together. Um, I I work with a partner myself, and it's always interesting to me to hear the dynamics, especially if you've been working together for a while. But let's start with like. How did you meet? Tell me that, you know, the story you have to tell in every general meeting. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've got the two-minute version down. Uh, feel free to skimp on the details. We don't have the two-minute version of
2: anything. I can't, <laughs> oh can't, I can't tell you. With it, we, we, get, we get chastised every time we speak publicly uh, <laughs> because we've, we've, we've failed to wrap it up and put a, put a soundbite bow on it. In any case, uh, we had the great um good fortune both Amit and I of being able uh, of working under Dave Milch and we met there um in what and... capacities well, you know, there's Dave uh, in his generosity, and it's great, and a big part of his practice uh, is, he's, is he sees it incumbent upon himself to mentor. So, there is a vague capacity under which many people come uh, uh, come into his office, and the the tenures range from weeks to years, and the job the the actual jobs range from uh, you know some of them never get out some people never sort of go beyond checking their email on the back corner and some go all the way through doing writer's assistant work to doing uh, script and scene work you know um, so we over the years both both came in in that amorphous capacity to learn and a lot of it is just Dave saying because one of the ways he gets himself ready to write is tells stories and he talks about himself and he talks about the craft and he talks about works that hasn't been important to him and there is this sort of a sermonizing that can happen and it's it's supposed to be a very collective event and he will gather all of these uh, mentees or disciples and say hey we're going to talk for a little bit and then you know and then there's something that starts with it with it with a grand sermon that takes you uh, from his time at Yale, shooting out the streetlights with a shotgun while high on L- LSD that he was making to sell for the Black Panthers, uh, <laughs> uh, or, or some—you know—he'll start at some, some, some little anecdote like that, and then it finds its way into the soul of the characters and the show you're working on, and maybe takes a moment to critique some of you who are sitting in the audience and, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll highlight your worst character attributes and talk about how he, those are being woven into the dislikable character in the scene. We can talk about that more later. It all in, all in a way that was incredibly edifying. Um, let's talk
0: more um, about but, that right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just remember well, we both, Um and I both remember, you know, being in those lectures and Dave's like, Dave's like, you know, there's a there's this character this character here is so desperate to please. And he just sits at the master's feet. And, you know, he, he, he laps up his every word. And, and he always, you know, when, when the, when the, when the, the boss asks him a question, he re- tries to respond with a clever question. And what's more annoying than that? Answers a goddamn question with a question. And we're like, oh, Jesus. I'm, um, you know, I'm like, okay, this, he's writing, he's right, he's putting me into the script and it's, it's an ob- object of ridicule. And this is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me. I and mean, it's, it's all, it's all swirling at that point. Um, and,
1: and then it gets, to a, it gets to a point where you're also like, oh, well, maybe this uh, main character of ours is a narcissistic um, genius who doesn't really understand how much the people around him care for him and are supporting him. You, know, like, you, know, you have to play all, all that we had to say, you know, I guess, the, you know, what we mean to say is that, like, your heart was in it. And he was aware that it should involve uh, us in the present. The immediate the right- spiritual or, mm-hmm. or characterological
2: material should be brought to bear. And and, yeah. and he always would say, his great phrase was, was, you turn a problem of spirit into a problem of technique. A problem of spirit is, oh my God, I gave this kid a job and he's so fucking annoying and so desperate to please me. A problem of technique is, how do mm-hmm. I write that voice into a character who's in this scene with you know in luck or something like that and you know we've been trying to do that uh with all with all of the people who the numerous people who arouse our ire in the the years that have followed uh but 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 no but 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 it's there it's got to be there it's got to have that living pulse of the people you are breathing with and suffering with or uh, anyway the long and the short of it is, Dave would lecture and teach, and it was a brilliant sure. thing. And um, two, two minutes, and, and Amit and I would find ourselves sitting next to each other in these things. And it, as the years went on, you know, we were still sitting there. And um, we were there on luck when luck, when luck met its early, uh, its early death. And, you know, we, we were sitting at the office refreshing deadline and got the news before Dave's was able to drive the literally 16 blocks uh, down Olympic Boulevard from the HBO offices to where his office was in Lantana. So by the time he got back, we knew what was up. And, but all the people he had hired on Luck, not all, but uh, a preponderance of the people he had hired on Luck were people he knew from the track. They were jockeys agents, they were racing form writers, they were gamblers themselves, et cetera, et cetera. And so the next day at his office, Everybody was gone except for basically Amit and I. Um, and he came in, and we're like, "What's going to happen? Is this the day he fires us? Is, this we, is he going to take a, a take a take a breather? I mean, he's to a, yeah, into a gonna, little, bit of, little bit of a grieving process." And he walks in that day, he says, "Okay, what's our next show, boys?" And the two of us—I mean, uh, that's
1: it. That that moment is all you need for the rest of your life to know what this I, having, business takes. You know, having just had a show come out, it's like. Now, the only answer is writing more stuff is back into the material. Like, you know, he also used to say something that was, uh, you know, like never, whatever voice is talking to you about what kind of writer you are, when you're not writing, is bullshit. And it's got to be, it's only when you're writing and you're saying, oh, that's not a bad idea. Or whatever, you know, that's when, you know, listen to that and, 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 you know, Dave was very ritualistic and, you know, you just return to the page every day, return to the material, read anything, let it wash over you. You know, it will, something will speak to you um, if you give it the time.
0: So you guys are, are in this milch camp and you're learning from this master uh, who, like that must've been an incredible experience already. And and like, even just in your relaying a couple of things that he taught you, like, I feel like I've learned so much.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, how did you two decide now it's time to start writing together?
2: Well, was that incidentally, happening? incidentally, all of that, you know, we talked about turning a problem of, 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 of spirit into problem technique in, in that relationship with Dave is one of infinite complexity and one which we're working out in the in the show. I don't know if you've noticed the way some of Jack's uh, 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 co-workers sort of I attend to, like. to him. Um, but, but you know, that's all there. And Amit Knife, we're in very much the same spot with that. The another part of the milch process is this is a deep emphasis on on collaboration and there's very little time in dave's case no time spent alone at a at a keyboard with a blank page in front of you in dave's case that's always communal time with other people in the room and with with Mm -hmm. with a typist with an amanuensis as it were and it's talking a lot and it's doing jazz and it's What's the next line, or what does this remind you of, or who's got something, or long periods of silence uh, that are shared, and the pu- the purpose of that, and Dave's thinking, and I, I, I swear to God he's right, is the writer needs to get out of their own fucking way, and when you're alone with the page, it's you feel like you got to do everything, you got to the ego gets back in the driver's seat, and suddenly that's who's typing, but when you're with others, the voice takes over. And the voice is connected to something that's bigger than you. And uh, this process became so natural to us as we did it with him for years and years. Uh, there was sort of, there was no question that we would keep doing it uh, hmm. together when it was time for us to sp- spread our little wings. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of the medium. TV yeah, and, yeah, big deal. And, and like, let's be frank, film also most for the most part whether it's oh perhaps it's a collaboration between a director and a writer and the writer is being given the credit for writing the thing or somebody's getting story like that's all bullshit at the end of the day there there tends to be it's there's such massive endeavors or if it's a an adaptation obviously you're writing it with the person who wrote the first thing in its own you know there there there's such massive stories um and the form is such i don't know it has to do with dialogue has to do with um the different stages and editing I, I have no idea why but like back since the 20s you know they were writing these things with a group of people you know? yeah, there was
2: yes and i wouldn't recommend anybody try to run a television show with less than two people that would be absolute madness um considering yeah. the way streaming has changed that role and what uh, what's now incumbent on the showrunner and the number of places one has to be simultaneously with their full attention i don't know how we uh, we had we had the benefit of a great co-showrunner and Stephen falk even and with three people we were strapped um and two people seems bare fucking minimum to try to get something specific done and have a handle over the whole process and uh, i i feel like you know um the the guild's deal and pay structures probably might need to take that into effect one day too but that's that's its own
1: yeah. topic of conversation. <laughs> the conversation oops um i,
0: I want to i'm curious about how you know the the milch writing process was adapted when you guys went off on your own and then how did you adapt it again when it came time to work with a room
1: that's a really interesting question. I think we really did keep it pretty solid in the first few scripts we wrote. That is to say, you know, we wrote it scene to scene. We 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 would do things like start every day back at the beginning of the material so that by the end of, the, you know, by the end of it, you know, that first page was at 100 rewrites, you know, um uh but uh, uh scene to scene meaning there was without a, an
2: outline i think we should clarify right right like okay Dave, uh, sorry
1: yeah yeah without oh, Dave, sorry, sorry, yeah the, outline.
2: it's, sorry. outlines were referred to as the appurtenances of fear in the milch office and and yeah. something something a writer did to hem in their own creativity uh to cut themselves off from the the possible grandeur and, and sort of overwhelm of the, of now, the spirit that could, that could come through you. We've and, met, and so,
1: you know, so anyway, but, 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 even have, so, like, I want to, yes. I want to ask about that for a second. No, there's a lot of
2: ambivalence here. There's
1: like there's
0: the, the, in a practice, like that's fine for David Milch. He's David Milch, but yes. in a practical yes, sense, like you're working with a network who you are new to them. They are new to you and they're kind of new to TV. Um,
2: you oh, it was never on the table. Now. That was never on the table right. for us. Oh my goodness! No, no, no. We would have been. We would have been. Show, yeah, yeah. And so I don't think it should have been. It shouldn't have been. We should say, you know, like when we were writing season two of Luck. Waylon Green, the legend. Waylon Green was a great old friend of Dave's, and 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 has become a great friend and mentor of ours. And we were lucky enough to have him in the room on Hello tomorrow. But that's that's another story too. But Waylon would bring us into his office and say, like, guys, check this out. And he'd be like, see this, this is, and he had a board. And he's like, this is where we're getting in episode six. And we're like, what? No. And he's like, don't tell Dave. And then when Waylon was in the room with Dave, he would would, uh, look like he was extemporizing this shit, which he had meticulously crafted. So we have this great ambivalence. We have both angels on either shoulder and, and let them sort of duke it out.
1: Yeah, I think there were people that that were looking out for Dave. And that's to say, you know, you can write an outline. Just once you've written the script to that outline, if it sucks, you got to rewrite it. (laughs) Just just because you followed the outline doesn't mean you've written a compelling story because the outline was compelling. And I think that that was what was up with Dave. You know, some people want to know where they're going, some people don't. But at the end of the day you're always retracing steps. Wayland's beat in the sixth episode might land in the fourth. Okay, whatever. You know, what does that have to do with anything? But yes, to answer, to get to your point, once we were engaged in the in the larger systems that be, uh, we, were, we were writing outlines. But w- one thing we tried to do was write really detailed outlines so it felt like writing us and not like a reduction. But... Um, one does wonder, having experienced both types of writing, how narrow or constrained the kinds of stories we actually get to see and hear um, by the outlining process that exists, right? Like only certain kind of plot points and emotional things can read in an outline and then you make the outline good, but maybe you've lost a, a nuance or a moment. I think that that's what Dave or any of the great masters are saying. They're like, no, 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 that's a guy sitting at a table, but I'm going to, it's going to be more than that. But th- so and, this, and- is,
0: this is really interesting because like the, the outline server purpose, right? These, these outlines are for basically the people who are paying for the show right if it were left to us we could make a show probably in the way that you're talking about that milch made a show which is this very collaborative finding your way process but the people who are paying for the show need these assurances so is there a way whether you've discovered it whether you've applied it excuse me to to you know work within that system and still have the freedom of exploration that you're talking about.
2: Well, yeah, yes, and no, right? I think if you if you're rigorous in your outlining and you 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 make sure you know you you are do, you're getting into the voices in the scene. If you know the lines that could get this scene to work, um, it it adds an element of rigor to the outline that without which you could be putting down some pretty pretty false shit. Um, so uh, I don't know, but maybe that's that. You can take hopefully everybody does that. You take it to leave it. I think it so much comes down to the just the the ability, the psychic courage to throw big thing, big chunks of material out. Um, and, you know, we watched Dave. We work. We would work. On oh, my God. For months. And he would come in one morning and say, I, I don't know where the beating heart of it is and can the whole thing. And
1: literally thrown a also.
2: Yeah, hopefully we've developed some fraction of that courage, and I think you get more when you've been through it for for decades and decades, like he has. But um, you've got to be ready he didn't to say do it. He didn't, a lot big goodbye. He,
1: he didn't do it with some brutality, right? That's I think the illusion is that yeah, like yeah. it's all oh, these guys are you know everybody's assholes or whatever at the end of the day it's you know it's setting high bars for yourself and it's about trying to push what is out there because you know you know if you're trying to just like make the next Thing that is made, we're not the right two guys to be. You know, go go listen to different podcasts. All right? <laughs> well, don't, don't do that. No, <laughs> listen to this, but not this particular. Just come back to the next episode. Oh, there you go. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how how
0: are you guys at uh, receiving notes?
2: Who's we good answer at that it? in
1: public? I think
2: I think. um this is also. The it takes. A, it takes. Yeah, but it's it's great. It's it's its own skill. It's its own skill. Collaboration is its own skill, and then collaboration with the studio and the network is its own skill unto that. Which, as a given, our upbringings in the industry, we had no experience with whatsoever. So I think we were rather rather bad at it to start. And, and you know, Dave, when he did it, he would do it in private, and it wasn't the same. Rules of engagement. I'm sure. Um, I think Dave was famous for the whatever they said he would filibuster for an hour, and, and and in brilliant ways, and everybody'd be like, "Yeah, he's probably right." I don't know what he said, but he's probably right. <laughs> um, but uh, with us, you know, getting over the 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 heartbreak of the idea that your idea isn't perfect in its first iteration, and all of that, all of that grieving process, uh, and and you know. Having some, I mean, golf. I don't know. It's, 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 which really? I would say
1: the, the, I would, which I would say that, you know, the, the maybe less political thing to say, which is that, like, you gotta take it can not affect you as deeply as it at least affected us early and, and still does, honestly. Um, I think that, um, you, Ooh, Dave used to do it, and and we try to do it too. You owe the note a good faith effort. There it may be something to it, or you may find, like they say, the note behind the note, or the other small thing that's going to make the thing better. So you got to engage everyone and do your very best at, at making it better. Now, sometimes you do that, and it makes it worse. And it's also on your, you know, on your shoulders to say I'm not. We can't do that, or this. This is why we don't think we should do that. you know, and uh, in our experience, you know, people are pretty receptive. You know, if it's on the big question, you know, we want to make Jack this or whatever. You know, they might say, Ah, oh, I don't. We, we don't know about that. But on the small stuff, they'll they'll get in with you. Um, And, and, you know, it it is your job to include them as best you can in the spirit of the piece also, like you would the people in your writing room or whatever. If they can feel a part of the thing or know that you guys are what you're aiming for, um, it makes it way easier, you know, and and, and also just be aware that, that, like, obviously at the beginning when nobody knows each other, the notes are really annoying and seem out of the way. And you don't know who that person is and they don't know who you are, what kind of writer, but over the time, you know, people are more sensitive to each other and, and know what matters and doesn't and, and, and know what can, is going to be helpful or not helpful.
2: And time gives you the benefit of deepened relationship with not only the material, but your other collaborators. Mm -hmm. So it it took us the whole season or a, a a large portion of the season. We had a, we had a, a collaboration with Billy um that was the stuff of absolute dreams and he is it's, it's because he is so brilliant and so deeply engaged and such a mention we could sing his praises uh, if, you, if you got another couple of hours but by the time we got partway through the season and we had a rapport established with him you know exactly where you're gonna fight the notes because you know what you owe him you know there's no chance I'm bringing that shit to Billy um, because we have a thing, and that's and you learn you learn what needs protecting by its by its own value, and and that was that was a pleasant surprise because I thought we would just be in the wilderness all the time. Do we fight here? Do we fight here? No, you actually the the things that need to be protected reveal themselves to you because they are so important and they're what's keeping you and the story alive day to day on this on the set and in the edit
0: let's get specific on that on hello tomorrow what were these guiding what were the north stars for you what was the thing that you thought like i we have to protect this aspect no matter what
2: billy's performance so there's so much nuance in what Billy can do. And the thing that was revelatory about him was the amount he could layer a, a line of dialogue. Because and, and Jack is a character who is often playing at cross purposes to himself. And that's what we find interesting about him. But we wanted, we, when we were writing, when we, uh, we were like, we want all, so many, we want these stories and the scenes within them and the lines within them to be at one t- beat to be all at once deeply false and deeply authentic so it, 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 there are so many scenes in the show where jack is lying to somebody but in the course of his lie is telling the most profound truth about his relationship with them or with the world or with himself um, that we knew needed to be protected because that's that's the soul of jack and the soul of the show and that meant the show was not going to do. It's, it was not going to traffic in easy moralizing. It was not going to be a show where we sort the characters out and put some in the basket for good people and some in the bad people. We shake our fingers very adamantly about at the bad people, and we make sure the good people have 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 a great time, or or vice versa, or we stand a judgment on the. Uh, the, the the audience was not going to be able to. Uh, get on their high horse and look down at these characters um and that we wouldn't either that the only possible engagement was one of, of faith and love and a sort of groping for you know, human connection which is which hopefully are the themes that ring out from the from the material you know, so so that was a, a thing we tried to f- protect f- f- fiercely go ahead
1: it was it was a you know and and just it's a very it was a harder thing to protect than you'd think because we all, you know, you, you think about that and you say, oh, well, I know lots of characters that are good and bad. the Walter White or some of these, and it's like, Artani Tony Soprano, whatever, you know, all these guys. But, you know, it's, it's actually quite easy to make your main character that complicated because everybody's accepted that. Although we, we, we went, I think we took it a little farther even um, in, in that regard. But th- having your secondary characters or your ensemble also be made of flawed people. Was a very difficult thing to and that and and to make your your quote villain sympathetic or something like that. Even if those, I don't even know if that term applies villain. Maybe it does, but um, I, I do think that that had one thing to do with it. And then I think another thing that we desperately wanted to fight for and hold on to and it was something very kind of unique and difficult about the show is its tone. And I think we're successful and unsuccessful at times and and perhaps a little even more successful as the season goes on and we get our footing in production and and the like. But um, being able to take you from a scene that makes, you know, a a soap opera scene and then play a, a slapstick and then play something that is, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of stretch the emotional taffy again. It's very wilder, Billy really Wilder. Like you know, we're pulling, we're pulling out, out nostalgic feeling story structures to try and make it feel like that. I think that was something important to us. That the ridiculous
2: you know. cohabit with the heartbreaking, mm-hmm. which is uh, not um, um, immediately. Uh, an available, sort yeah, of or or melange. The, or, it, 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 on TV. it's hard to program TV that way. They called the show a dramedy. I think that still is a. It's a sign. Think, it's a sign yeah. that, that it's hard or, to or, know what box to put. in. or,
1: do, you know, or, or how, I think you know. The moment Marie gets run over in the in the pilot, you know, like people laugh at that, and then they say, "Oh, why am I laughing at that?" And then the rest of the season actually unpacks that and you start feeling the pain of that laugh. And so we often try to play tragedy as a comedy and a comedy, you know, a, a, as a tragic moment or whatever. And you know, I think those are you know, those are difficult things to do and 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 uh, we were sometimes lucky enough to pull it off. And you know, we had a cast that got on board It's was amazing you know
0: well and it, it sounds like you guys got everyone on board which which like it shows in the show uh hello tomorrow uh folks to check it out it's on apple tv uh we'll wrap up as we always do by asking you what you are watching on television these days what's getting you excited or inspired what are you talking about with each other with your friends with your loved ones um and amit let's start with you
1: okay i watched recently because um i'm late to everything and i just like I'm that guy that's like three years later. I'm like, I'm watching Game of Thrones now. You know, but um not Game of Thrones. But um Severance blew me away, and I was really excited about and was really happy with and um excited that Apple was making it and thought that it was an incredible show. The other show that really got me was the rehearsal. You know, I hadn't been a, a, a Nathan for you but like I've seen a couple episodes, liked them or whatever. So maybe I was able to come with to it like even more fresh and kind of blown away by what he was capable of doing. But I thought the show was brilliant and uh you know, like one of those things that you watch and you're happy somebody made this somewhere somehow. You know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Those are those are good ones.
0: Lucas, what are you watching?
2: Uh, yeah, we, well, we were making it. We didn't, I tried not to watch much, especially things that were, especially things we knew were better than what we were doing. So like, yeah, I, I had, to, I had to go back and watch the last season of Succession, which is, which is just tour de force. i watched Severance and was gobsmacked by that too. I think it's so precise and so well executed and really scary and funny. Um, and then I also love, I I'm not going to say the rehearsal because he did, but it's great. Uh, I, I thought how to with John Wilson is, is one of my favorite things on TV. And that's, that's, you know, I, I love it because it's like, it's, it's like soft hurt song. I love it because it's, it's just a, like uh, the question of is one, is one psyche worthwhile? Just a, can a singular psyche do anything in, in the flood of information that is now and uh, it affirms that uh, over and over again in the, in the most beautiful way. Um, not just his, but the, all of the ones he's able to capture along the way. I think it's pretty profound uh, yeah. and, um, and just a joyous watch. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, Folks should check it out if they haven't. Um, thank you guys for being here. How do you feel your first podcast went?
2: Oh, boy. You tell notes. us. Yeah. I,
1: I, if, it, <laughs> yeah. Talk, I, have, look, I have a few you, <laughs> same, Yeah, the same you, notes we get on our scripts, probably. No,
0: this is great. Thank you guys so much. Okay, uh, no, it was a real,
2: it was, it was great fun. It was great fun. Yeah. It's so it's so it's so nice to have a, a like a nuts and bolts conversation about these things, um, and not have to just tell people how excited we are about the great show which is coming out. <laughs> but we, I mean, we're we're also pretty excited too. And I. I um, Oh, this will come out after it's all aired. I guess you. Around said,
0: the end, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: If not, you know, the, the 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 second half of the seasons. That's that's it's it's, it's there's some heaters in there, and uh, we hope everybody gets a chance to take the plunge.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, um, guys.